Amen. Good morning, church. How's everyone doing this morning? What a beautiful Sunday morning, amen? For a few different reasons. Um, one, if you're new, welcome to Home Church of the Nazarene. And second, we have Rob and Cindy North with us this morning. Amen. So we have a few announcements before we get started. Uh, first and foremost, uh, tomorrow night, very important, prayer Zoom. Um, for those who don't know, we've been doing a prayer Zoom every Monday. It's tremendous. What a wonderful time that is as we bring needs and we talk about things and fellowship. And then at the very end, we ask what was for dinner. And it's very interesting to hear what was for dinner. So join us tomorrow, most importantly, for prayer. Uh, Wednesday night, youth Zoom meeting at 7 p.m. And, uh, oh, here we go. We will be having a membership class Sunday, October 25th. Amen. And last night, after the email was sent out, I had two people hit me up and said, Pastor Carlos, I want to become a member of the church. Amen, amen. And November 1st, yes, and November 1st, lunch will be provided. And I'll tell you right now, if you're on the verge of like, you know, I'm not sure if I want to plant myself here. I'm not sure if this is, well, one, first, take it before God. And then two, just know we're going to be serving some carne asada, okay? I don't know if you know what that is, but it's an amazing taco, okay? So it's going to be awesome. And uh, so if you would like to become a member or like to learn more about the Nazarene Church, uh, you could talk to myself or Jeannie Adams after church or call the church office. All right, kids. I know we still got some people coming in right now, but children, kids, are you hearing me? Who's ready for Miss Anita? No, 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 no. All right, kids, hold on. We're going to do this again. Kids, who is ready for Miss Anita? All right. Okay. Thank you, Miss Anita. Go ahead and take it away. Come on down. I'm ready for you down here. You can just sit any place. Cadence, welcome back. Are you ready? Every picture and story starts with a blank page. Did you know that? If you're going to draw a picture, there's nothing on your page to begin with. Nothing is on it, and it's yours to do anything you want with it. That's exactly what happened when God created the earth, the universe, and everything in it. In the beginning, there was nothing but darkness. Is that pretty? No, that's kind of ugly. Who wants to sit in darkness all the time? Then he started to create. Everything was exactly how he wanted it. Planets spun into place and stars stretched across the heavens. Here on earth, God shows how amazing he is. Who else could put the roar in the lion's mouth or put the purr in a kitten's tummy? Who else could think up sea dragons, platypuses, or stink bugs? 
God is so powerful that all he had to do was speak to fill the world with amazing things. First he said, let there be light. And right away there was light, and the darkness went away. Now when it's dark, it'll be night. When it's light, it will be day. Then he told the water to separate from the sky, and it happened. Then God said, let the waters gather into one place. And that's exactly what happened. Did you know that water covers most of the earth? About one-third of the earth is dry land. That seems like an awful lot of water, but every drop of it is important in God's plan. With all of that water, we couldn't survive on earth. The oceans help to control our climate. They keep all that water keeps us from getting too hot or too cold. Water is also very important to our crops and helps clean our bodies. It helps us brush our teeth. It helps us wash our hands. And it helps clean our air. The oceans also provide food to eat. God told trees and plants to appear on the land, and they did. Dandelions and daffodils and tulips appeared. All sorts of trees and grasses began to grow. God created the sun, the moon, and the stars and put them in the sky. He made the sun to light the sky during the day and the moon and stars to add a bit of sparkle at nighttime. Everything God created was good. We can look up at the nighttime sky and we can see the sun and the moon and the stars that he created. We can see his power in the mighty waves of an ocean. God wants us to know that he is real. That's why he reveals himself to us through his creation. If you want to see God, just look around at all he has done. God is everywhere. Today, I have a globe for you to take home. God created the earth. But to get the globe, we're going to do it after church, and I'll be right outside the doors. But how many of you got letters in the mail from me? Okay, we've got something new starting. You guys are now my Bible detectives. Today, you're going to be getting a globe that looks like this. Don't blow them up when you go to class with, with Juan. Hold on to them. In this is a Bible buck. You want to save your Bible bucks because something special is going to happen with those in November. And you also have your first two clues. I'll read you one of them. The giant Goliath was over how many feet tall? This information can be found in what chapter and verse of 1 Samuel? You guys are going to have to open your Bibles and look up this information. Parents, brothers, sisters, you may just have to get in the Bible too. We'll all work together. Hold on to your clues. Bring them back next Sunday. You'll get some more Bible books. Next Sunday, we're going to go with part two. So I hope to see you all here next week. And don't forget, God loves you. Have a good day. Amen. Thank you so much, Miss Anita.
So parents, um, after first service, we have something special for the kids outside with Miss Jane speaking about the armor of God. Amen. All right. Let's give uh, Miss Anita another hand. Amen. So uh, there was a story about a guy who came to church with his family. And after the service, they were driving home. And the dad was complaining about everything. He said the music was too loud. The sermon was too long. The announcements were unclear. That'd be my fault this morning, by the way. The building was hot. The pastor did not shake my hand. The people were unfriendly. He went on and on complaining about everything. Finally, his very observant son said, Dad, you've got to admit, it wasn't bad show for just a dollar. Someone said there are three kind of givers, the flint, the sponge, and the honeycomb. To get anything out of a flint, you must hammer it, and you get only chips and sparks. To get water out of a sponge, you must squeeze it, and the more pressure you put, it will run out dry. But the honeycomb just overflows with its own sweetness. Which kind of giver are we this morning? Amen. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 9. This morning. Verses 6 through 7 says, Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have as a church body to come into your house and to give what doesn't belong to us, it actually belongs to you. And we thank you for the blessing you have given us, the finances we have. Because none of us in this place, Lord, if we're honest, we can, none of us can afford to give. But really, in reality, we can't. We cannot. We have to give, Lord, to honor you, to honor your word. And I pray, Lord, this morning that you would put it on every single heart to give their tithe and offering. And also, Lord, afterwards, as we give a love offering to our guest speaker this morning, we thank you for this time that we have, Lord, to come and give into your house. Bless the gift and the giver as we receive the offering this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So um, we're not passing the plates around today. What we're doing, we have a little box in the back right there. If you, uh, when you come in through the doors, it's to your right. If you're walking out, it's to your left. Uh, you can write a check. Um, you can give your uh, cash. And again, I want to stress today, 
Um, after the service, we'll also be doing a love offering for our guest speakers, so keep that in mind. But who's ready to worship Jesus this morning? Amen. Let's all stand as our sister takes us away in some worship. Amen. Good morning, church. Um, I wanted to share something with you guys this morning. I've been recently studying, um, and by recently, I mean for the past few months because it's so good, Um, but studying Daniel and the Bible study I'm doing said something that really convicted me a lot, and I wanted to share it with you guys. She said that most of the world considers Christians in the West to be lightweight Christians, and that is because we have so much privilege to come to church every Sunday without the fear of being persecuted on the way or even killed along the way or while we're here. And the reason it convicted me was because there are some Sunday mornings where I wake up and I'm like, oh, all right, here we go. Let's do this. But that's not the attitude we should have. We're here to worship God, and I just really encourage you to take this time right now to leave everything on the side and just spend this time with God. Oh, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to come into your house and worship your name. Speak to us today, God. Encourage us. Inspire us. We thank you, God. And all God's children said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Let's give our worship team a hand. Amen. hooked up here. All right. Am I advancing or are you advancing to the... Ah, here we go. All right. My name is Rob North. My wife, Cindy, is with us. We have a beautiful family that is not with us. Sorry about that. Uh, This is our oldest son, Quinn, and his wife, Amanda. Uh, And then our youngest son, that's what you call recessive genes. Okay, good. I'm just trying to see if you're awake. No, Jordan uh, was adopted when we were uh, missionaries in South Africa, and uh, so um, he is probably one of the most talented artists that we know. He is, uh, was struggling when he was a wee one there, and if we had more time, we'd tell you his whole story, right? Uh, but Jordan and Quinn were with us in South Africa, and then eight years, I served at Nazarene headquarters in the mission department, and we've now been back in Nairobi, Kenya since 2014. My wife is the chaplain at Africa Nazarene University. She's actually the ordained elder in the family. She's the pastor, which makes me the pastor's wife. Okay, again, just trying to see if you're awake. 
Okay, are you awake? Okay, good. <laughs> uh, she also graduated. She has her doctorate from Asbury Theological Cemetery. Again, just a joke, all right? Just trying to see if you're with me. It's not cemetery, it's what? Seminary. Seminary, okay, good, good. So this is our lovely family. They're all residing in Olathe, Kansas, uh, where we're from originally. And uh, we've been spending the last several months in Olathe, Kansas, like many of you, kind of locked down and not traveling a whole lot. Uh, one of the blessings is uh, my father-in-law lived with us since 2011. He recently passed in December. Well, with, when he was with us, my wife wasn't able to, to travel very much with me. And so I'm very, very blessed. As he uh, was ushered into to heaven, uh, we are now able to travel together. So we're very thankful for that. But it was a blessing to have him in our home. He was with us even in Kenya at the time. So... Let me uh, share a, a friend of mine. Uh, this friend of mine, his name is Japheth Apondo. Japheth is, uh, uh, now he's a, a, a guy in his 30s, but at the time he was just a wee one or just a teenager. He was noticing that many of his friends, their families were passing away from the AIDS pandemic. Uh, it literally has wiped out a generation in many villages in Africa. And the challenge is, if you want to go on to high school, you want to go on to college, you need to be able to pay for that. And without parents there, it's difficult. Japheth had this brilliant idea. His idea was, we'll make necklaces. These necklaces can be sold to tourists, or sometimes missionaries will go back and help support us. And so we've done that. For about 15 years now, I have brought necklaces. So on the table out there, you'll notice some necklaces are out there, right? Uh, if you're interested in helping our college students uh, with scholarships, this is a way to do that, right? Uh, and then, because it's keeping with the times, we also have some African Nazarene University masks. Not everyone likes masks, but if you're going to wear one, wear one of ours, amen? <laughs> Those also are $10. Everything else on that table, you'll notice wristbands. You'll notice stickers. You'll notice little cards on there that I'll talk about later. All of those are free. Please take them. Our hope is that you will pray for us at Africa Nazarene University. Uh, our challenge always is prayer. So take that wristband. Uh, when you wear it one day a week, maybe you choose Monday to do that. When you glance down at it while you're working, you just pray for it. Whisper a word of prayer for Africa Nazarene University. Or maybe you take the sticker you put that sticker on your fridge, and at midnight, you go to get your midnight snack, right? <laughs> at midnight, it's about 9 or 10 o'clock uh, in the morning for us. So while you're uh, fulfilling your needs for that night, right, you can pray for us and help fulfill our needs, amen, our prayer needs that we have. So that's a little bit there. So where are we? This country right here is called Kenya, it's in an area called East Africa. It's also called the Horn of Africa. Can anyone see the rhino right here? The rhino's horn? So we're also right on the equator. The town that we're in is a suburb of Nairobi. Nairobi's about 4.3 million people. Uh, we have one slum area that has 1 million people. We have another or two of them, about 500,000 people. We're also a mile high. 
you would think that would not matter. It matters. The temperature is significantly less hot than other places that are down on the coast or in those areas. Uh, we're on the equator, so our time is the same, almost always. The sun rises at 6 o'clock. It sets at 7 every day of the year. Uh, so this is where we come from. Africa Nazarene University was a vision. Has anyone heard, many of you might have not heard this name, but some of you, have you heard the name Harman Schmelzenbaugh? If you have heard that name, raise your hand. So that was one of our very first missionaries. There's a long line of Schmelzenbaugh's who have been missionaries starting in southern Africa. Well, the grandson of the original Harman Schmelzenbaugh also is called Harman. He had a vision in the field where Africa Nazarene University is. That vision was to create a university that would center on holiness, amen? That the education that would be gotten there, you could study business, you could study religion, but you could study all other majors there. But they would learn about Jesus, amen? And that's really my wife's quest. She has the quest as chaplain, as director of spiritual formation, to usher our students twice a week into chapel. Once per term, we have Holiness Week, where it's a revival time, amen? So every term, we have a revival. We normally would get a guest speaker, or sometime part of the spiritual development staff will preach there. So this campus started developing in 19 or late, late 80s, and they started as a university in 1994. So we've been over 25 years, and our campus now looks like this. Isn't that beautiful? We began with Jernigan Chapel, very important. Our emphasis is on uh, chapel time, prayer time. Those are, are the keys for us there. And my wife ushers her students into that. She's going to come now and share several very uh, wonderful stories. I think your mic's over here, love. About our students. Here we go. Thank you. It's so good to be with you this morning. Thank you for being here. Let's just pause for a moment. I just, I just want to pray right now before we go on. Lord, we're so grateful that you are here. It's about this relationship, this blessing that you've given us to be able to come into the most holy of holies and worship you and praise you and be renewed. And so as we learn about your kingdom purposes that are around the globe and as we are connecting this morning, as this congregation is connecting and we're connecting with them, I pray that you would help us to see your purposes being fulfilled and how we are called in the midst of it all. How does it fit for us as well? Thank you, Lord. We know you're here and we're depending on you to speak to our hearts today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. As I'm sharing, I'm sharing a couple of stories of, of real life of students and, and people who have come to the Lord. Our offices are open to students, faculty, and staff, and we have many who often are coming in and praying. Uh, and we have a full-time prayer counselor, uh, Veronica, who's in the office just to be there to be able to greet and work with people who are coming. So these are stories that were happening. We were face-to-face 
in January, February, March, until 13th of March, like many other places, we were shutting down in terms of face-to-face, -face, and everything has been online since then. So we've been working online from the U.S. Sometimes that means really early morning meetings, like a 2 a.m. meeting, because the time difference is so different. Um, but we're still operating online at least through the end of December, so it uh, enables us actually to really work globally from here and to be still working there as well also. But we have been having wonderful testimonies even coming to us even in the last couple of weeks. But I want to share some of the stories that were happening just before we left the campus. Um, there was a morning, the end of January, 8.30 in the morning, that Sarah walked into the office. And I've changed names for the sake of anonymity here. But, but Sarah came into our office that morning. She was very troubled, was really crying. And Sarah had grown as a member, actually, of another world religion. But she admired the Christian life. Sarah opened up about her anger and her bitterness, which had grown in response to the pain of her past life. After being rejected by a man who had impregnated her, Sarah had deferred her own education for a year to care for her baby. And even though she worked as a security guard at night, that income alone was not enough to meet the needs of both herself and her child. Our prayer counselor, Veronica, reminded Sarah of the chapel message that week, which had focused on how we can be shareholders in the kingdom of God if we abide in him. From John 15, 7, as Sarah learned about abiding in Christ and how she could bring everything to God, Sarah stopped crying and her countenance brightened and she asked Veronica to pray with her so that she could connect to Christ. They joyously prayed together, and Sarah repented of her sins, and she received the Lord Jesus as her personal Savior that day. I ask you to pray for many Sarahs that we might have on campus because we do have other world religions represented. And I want to say that in East Africa, in that region, we do have persecution of the church, and those who come to be believers are not often accepted very well at all, especially in their homes if they come from another world religion. They are often rejected, put out. So we have many operating who worship Jesus in underground communities who come together and their lives are constantly in danger. So I ask you to pray for, especially for the persecuted church that exists even in our locality where we are. So remember them, those who are trying to come to Jesus, who are worshiping him and yet experience that kind of threat, that they would have courage, that the Holy Spirit will give them courage to stand even in the midst of those times. Uh, a verse that has really been on my heart um, and lately and as I have been reading and reflecting is the, the the verse from Matthew 10, 38 and 39. First, I want you to hear it from the message. If you don't go all the way with me through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. 
If, you first con- if your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Wow. The, Jesus is speaking here of a spiritual truth that true life is only found when we first let go and lose ourselves to him. Uh, One of the books I've been reading is talking about the first and second half of life. Um, And it's it's not really uh, about chronological life, but the different perspectives we come into in life. And part of what it's talking about is this aspect of, of having a life even to let go. We have to have some kind of foundation for who we are and those kind of things. And we have to come to that and then we can let go of our life. And, and Jesus is speaking of that same aspect here of, of letting go and of yourself, and actually you're able to find yourself in a way you didn't know before when you can come to this point of completely letting go before him. This verse speaks uh, of this picking up the cross. I want you to hear it from the NRSV, especially that verse 38. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. I think it's hard for us to really think about picking up crosses a lot of times. When I come back and forth to the U.S., especially North America, I'm, I'm hit. You know, there are idols everywhere, and there are idols all around us in, in this culture. And one of those major idols that continues to hit me is that of comfort. When I'm in the North American context, there is an idol of comfort We don't want to let go of comfort. That's a really difficult one. In order to pick up a cross and follow Jesus, we're going to have to be uncomfortable. I'm not sure if you realize that as a church, as the body of Christ, all over. We have to be able to be uncomfortable to pick up a cross. A cross is not something, I mean, we, we often have crosses in our churches, and, and you have a lighted cross in the fountain, but sometimes there are nice, smooth crosses that we want to, but the true cross is not smooth, it's not easy, it's, it's not going to be necessarily what we want in our own self, we will reject it. But if we're following Jesus, if we're going to be like him, then there's going to be some really rough crosses that we're going to have to pick up. And sometimes they're right at our feet and we don't even recognize this is something I could pick up, that I can carry, that Jesus wants to do something with, and we may ignore what is right in front of our eyes. I, I... a couple more stories. Uh, John's story strikes me as being one of those who sees there, there's a cross, and he could have responded differently, but he decides to pick up the cross in his own life. John came to our Jernigan Chapel. My husband Rob was just showing you that chapel, the very first building that was built on the campus, because there was that emphasis that chapel and worship of God should be at the heart of everything we do on African Nazarene University campus. I'm so glad that our founders believe that and put that before us. 
by putting that as the first building. And that building, it's often used multi-purpose at this time because we're so crowded on campus many times. But early in the morning from 7 to 8, Monday through Friday, when the school year is on, we have Bible study and prayer happening in that space. And our prayer counselor, Veronica, is usually helping facilitate that, but students are also facilitating and doing that. And we'll have staff come and join that as well. And it's been growing. And recently, uh, just before the campus closed, it was, it was February the 3rd. It was a Monday. And that prayer group was meeting, and, and John came in to that meeting that day, and he was sharing a testimony of what had happened just the Thursday night before. He said that he had gone back to his home to sleep, which was Kibera. He, he lived in Kibera slums, the largest, one of the largest slums in East Africa. And he had gone back to his bed, and when he got there, he found there was someone in his bed. It was actually a stranger. Come to find out later, he realized this was a drug addict that was sleeping in his bed. But at that moment, John was annoyed and he was bitter because the man did not even qualify as a friend, and yet he's sleeping in his bed. John said he roughly forced the man out of his bed and into a seat that was right beside the bed. And he said as soon as he did that, he heard the voice speaking to him, John, would Jesus really treat this man this way? His annoyance subsided as he realized that the Holy Spirit was gently prodding him to think differently about his situation. And, and in line with the Holiness Week speaker that my husband was referring to, how we have Holiness Week, the speaker's message that week was about how we had power and authority to loose the bondage, those who are in sin. And John responded by opening a conversation with a stranger about God's good news. For a while, the man did not respond, which led John to believe that the stranger was not even able to understand or concentrate, maybe due to a drug-induced state. Tired and almost despairing, John asked the man if he could pray with him. And the stranger responded, yes. John asked the stranger what he would like him to pray for, and the young man replied that he was tired of the life he was living, and he wanted to live a life like John had. It was the desire of this stranger to have King Jesus to come to his life, and in fact, that was the reason he had come to John's bed in the first place. After John led this young intruder to the Lord, he reflected on how much God was at work in him since he himself had only come back to God just in the last couple months before that. We rejoice together that this brings glory to God and this new person has come into the kingdom, thanks to John's being willing to pick up a cross, not to respond in anger and bitterness, but to realize there's something greater going on here. I can let go of that. 
there were specific prayers answered in that holiness week also that we had had as in the early morning before we come together each day, Monday through Friday, we'll come together for a chapel service during holiness week. It's at 1130 to 1230. And, but early morning, 7 to 8, the prayer counselors, the prayer teams, instead of meeting in Jernigan, they'll come into the big auditorium where we meet and they'll pray around the front and we'll often walk and pray over the seats where anybody will be sitting that day. And then when it comes to the service time, the prayer counselors will spread out over the whole area so they'll have a, a section they're praying for during the service. Very major concentrated and specific prayers going on. And as we meet together in the early morning to pray for that service, we'll also reflect on what we saw God doing the day before in the service. And it will oftentimes direct us on how to pray in those moments. And that was happening on Thursday morning, as we had gathered around to pray, people, um, they would not, we, we realized that people were resisting God, and we were praying that they would not resist him, and that they actually would do things they had never planned to do. That was some of our specific prayers that Thursday morning. Uh, the following morning, Friday morning early, as the group gathered to pray in that early morning prayer, there was a young fourth-year student from computer science department who came up at the end, came up to our prayer counselor, Veronica, and he said he had never planned to even come to the early morning prayer time, and he still did not understand how he came to be there. <laughs> oh, but we know. <laughs> God was at work, and as the prayer counselor led him to the Lord, because he said, he said, I don't know how I came to be here, but I'm here, and, and I want to give my life to the Lord. <laughs> and she prayed with him. And then she happened to see one of her other computer science students who was a regular member of our prayer group in the morning had not left yet, and so she connected them together, and they walked out praising God for what he was doing in their lives. We give God glory because he's still moving, and I had even a, a, a message come through, a text come through from a student just in the last couple of weeks, just giving God praise for what he's doing in his life. God is still moving and working, and there's a cross. I hope you're you, you might bridge a gap this morning. We were talking in the last couple of days. We're talking about even your church and this idea of being able to reach out in many different ways. And missions is not about just overseas. It's not just about what we're doing, but we must connect globally. We must know and we must support each other. We are the body of Christ but it's also happening here. And there are many people who are hurting right here in your city and your area and your region right here. I was seeing them. I was seeing them on the road yesterday. I was seeing people who, who are desperate, who don't have what they need. And their brokenness has led to so many things that are destroying their life. We can be part 
of sharing this good news and bringing them into his kingdom. And you know, discipleship is a messy business. It's messy. I don't know if you realize that, but if you're going to disciple somebody, it's long-term and it's messy. And there's three steps forward and two steps back and three steps. It, it goes like that oftentimes when we're working with people. But we have to be determined to be in it for the long haul as God leads us to continue to walk with those who are struggling. It won't necessarily look all pretty, but it will make a difference for eternity. I want you to listen to Maria's story right now. My name is Maria Angeli. I'm a fourth year student uh, doing a bachelor's degree in community development. My early childhood was a fascinating journey because I was born with cerebral palsy, which uh, became like a definition of who I am. Mm. So I went through a lot of therapy and um, got the opportunity to go to school and have a normal life. And I'm very grateful that I had a wonderful support system uh, through my family and friends and of course there were hurdles, um, more of rejection and stigma and discrimination but outside my childhood was a foundation of who I have become now. Interesting when I was in my teenage years, uh, I was in some kind of war with God mm. because um, that time I realized I had cerebral palsy and I didn't want to have cerebral palsy. Mm. So I always used to question like why in the world, why me, uh, out of all the other people, why I think about me, why, uh, why do I go through everything? And so um, it took a while before I realized that uh, I give hope to other people in ways I can't even imagine. Because mm. um, when people see me struggle to walk, I think they are more comforted mm-hmm. by their situation. So um, God allowed me to see that He has a purpose for me. I couldn't tell what it was, 
I think that's how the journey began. Man telling me you are wonderful and beautiful made and I have a purpose for you. But Annie was the only school at the time who, who didn't use purpose, my condition as a reason to say no. Uh, we keep on laughing that I was meant to end up at a new because of the people I met from the past day and even the lectures I continue meeting and some students have become my friends. My journey at any has um has made me see like the world gives me so much after I have seen what's calling me ways I couldn't imagine. I thought I was only the maze maker because um, I, I believe uh, as an adult reserve person, I have gotten opportunities. Many people don't get they don't get to go to school or finish school um, other. So now that I, I am almost done with school, I know that I didn't get the chance to finish, just to finish. I can now speak for the children. It's a simple person and open their doors for them and also like it's it's amazing how what people and what the world says is impossible and what the world says it's not good enough is the one that God uses to do his work and bring hope in general to everyone. So yeah, I, I'm amazed every day at the things that God leads me to and how I end up there. So I just pray that I bring glory to his name. And <laughs> so here's the rest of the story. Uh, she ends up getting a job with the United Nations right there in Nairobi, Kenya, to represent East Africa, to be an advocate for those just like herself. Amen. Uh, she also was the uh, she also was a speaker at our graduation, and I must have taken out that slide there. Sorry about that. Um, thank you so much for your time. Um, remember the prayer, right, for prayer. 
the, the wristbands, the, the stickers. Remember also, um, we're praying for Africa Nazarene University because in 2000, or in March 14th, when we left the campus there and everyone went home, many of our students were thumb typing papers to their lectures. Can you imagine texting them to them? Can you imagine doing a final project or a final paper on there? So little cards on the table there share with you a new campaign. We're trying to help our students have laptops and iPads so that they can then have the proper equipment to do online courses. They did that in May and now in our, in our uh, September course. Many of them could not attend because they didn't have the right uh, tools to do that. So would you pray for that? Take one of those cards and pray about those things. Uh, this is why you're doing Faith Promise. It's because of your faithfulness. Our, our campus began as a university with 66 students. We had three majors. We had religion, we had uh, undergrad and business administration, and we had a master's in religion. Today, our campus can be as much as 4,000 students and over 40-something majors, amen? And it's because of people just like yourself who will sacrifice and give not just your tithe, but give beyond your tithe and ask the Lord what it is He wants you to do to give to things just like this. We're able to be on the field. The university has been able to be here because those people in the pews in every local church are giving toward missions. And that's what Faith Promise is about. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Can we give him another hand? Praise God. So it's, it's an amazing thing to see that um, what we're doing here at Sparks is bigger than Sparks. What we're doing here as a church is, is worldwide. And it's not about just, it's not about us. It's about the world. It's about people across the world who don't know Jesus. But as I sit here today, I'm pretty sure there are some people here who inspired by the message, inspired by what they see, but yet maybe you're watching online, maybe you're here this morning, but yet you yourself don't know Jesus. And maybe the Holy Spirit is prompting you this morning, like he was prompting me as I was sitting here and listening to our brother and sister getting inspired. I I sense we have children here today who are going to be missionaries for Jesus. I know you're saying, not my kid. We have children here today that are going to be missionaries for Jesus. I sense it in my spirit. But again, maybe you this morning don't know Jesus. I would ask you to bow your head with me and close your eyes just for a moment before we leave and before our brother comes up to to, uh, receive the offering for our, our, our precious couple here. Maybe this morning you don't know Jesus. Maybe you knew him at one time, but you have left the faith. And you say, Pastor Carlos, I, I, I want Jesus to come into my life. I want him to forgive me of my sins. I've been carrying a burden that I, that I don't want to carry anymore. I need to let this unforgiveness go. I need to let this perversion go. I need to let this sin go in my life. Whatever it is this morning, you say, God, I give it to you. My life is not my own. It's yours. 
If that is you this morning, you repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I repent of my sin. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I do believe you died on the cross for me. And you rose on the third day. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I got one verse real quick, brother, before you come up. I got, sister, when you were speaking, man, I got, I just got lit. Just something just hit me. It's uh, Isaiah chapter uh, 6, verse 8. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. <laughs> Maybe we can't go to Africa with our brother and sister. Our pocketbook can, though, amen. But can we go across the street and reach somebody who's lost? Someone who doesn't know Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, our brother Mark Butler is going to come, and I want us to, before he comes, give him a hand for all that he does for the missions. Thank you so very much, Mark. We appreciate you, so you can take it away. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being here for Faith Promise. It's really all about obedience. God calls us to be the message to the world. Maybe you're not going to be a missionary. Maybe you're not going to go on a work and witness trip. But everybody can do something. Whether it's just something as simple as praying, as uh, Rob has asked us to do. Grab one of the little wristbands and remind yourself to pray for African Esme University. Some of us can do more. Faith promise is about being obedient to God, speaking to us, asking us to give. And maybe it's giving more than we're comfortable with. But whatever God lays on your heart to give, you make a promise to Him to give that much. And make a second promise. If He blesses you, then give more and try him and see because he will bless you if you're obedient not actually taking pledges in person this year because of the virus but uh, you just uh, determine between you and God and nobody's going to check on you nobody's going to follow up it's just a promise between you and him what to give um, we spend part of our income as a church for the World Evangelism Fund that's helped support all the missionaries. Um, and that comes out um, out of uh, all of the regular tithing and giving. Last year, we sent $4,000 to the African Nazarene University specifically. Um, that money uh, is going toward refurbishing one of the classrooms, bringing it into the 21st century uh, with uh, new equipment. Uh, so that they can continue to reach out to people like Maria. That's something you guys did from here. 
And uh, so in addition to the faith promise, which goes to support our missions work in the church, um, we're going to start um, a fundraising campaign for the next couple of months for a project in Belize um, in Dangriga. Um, they're building a preschool to be able to start that education process with God involved for these young children who have nowhere to go. And so over the next couple of months, if you want to mark that special giving for um, the Belize project, um, you can give that way specifically to that. Um, your faith promise giving, put in your regular um, offerings and just mark that faith promise. And then the other thing we're doing, uh, Rob and Cindy, uh, you know, pay their own travel expenses. Uh, the missionaries now a lot of times have to pay their own medical expenses. And so in addition to what we're giving them out of our missions fund, we're going to do uh, a love offering. Okay, so you can put that in the tithe box in the back. You can hand it to them directly back at the table. There's a basket back there where you can give that. Um, and so um, if you want to give funds to them, just mark on it that it's for Rob and Cindy North. We so appreciate them. So let's dismiss in prayer um, and pray for Rob and Cindy. Heavenly Father, we just so bless you and praise you and thank you for all that you do, for the blessings you give to us, for the uh, comfort that we have that many places don't. But let us not take that for granted, Father. Let us share to the point that it may be uncomfortable, but to the point where you're going to bless us in return. And we just ask your safety and protection over Rob and Cindy. Uh, watch over them, care for them, protect them, bless their efforts to serve you. Bless this church and our efforts to serve you and help us to serve you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand as we sing this chorus. I stand in awe of you. Sing with us as we dismiss. Sister, lead us. Thank you. Amen. And I stand, I stand in awe of you. Yes, I, I stand, I stand in awe of Praise is to 
Sunday. Thank you so much.